The following opinions expressed within the content are solely the speakers and do not reflect the opinions and beliefs of Child Free Media Limited or its affiliates. We are going to go into, okay, is this slide number five now? Thought control. Ooh, this is going to be fun. Okay. All right, buckle up. Um, here we go. And of course, dogs. <laughs> no, she's just being really sleepy, and I'm like, are you good? Well, that's okay. I say that as a pet-free person that has no understanding of <laughs> pet parenthood. I think she's just kind of, she tends to take a nap when I'm not paying attention to her. Uh. I'm sure as soon as I get off of here, she'll be like, mom. Because um, <laughs> if I'm not touching her, she will die. The Bible of Athena. Um. Anyway. Thought control. So this is all about like controlling what you're thinking. This is really what we're talking about when we talk about like people being brainwashed, right? Yes. We see it a lot in QAnon, how they think that like JFK Jr. is that random guy from Pennsylvania, which is really weird. Anyway, I'm not going to- Wait, what? I, I, I remember when he died, I was so sad. He was such a handsome guy. Not, no, that's not why I was mad about it. No, people in QAnon think that JFK Jr. is going to come back and be Donald Trump's vice president. It's very weird. And weirdly enough, the Kennedys were Democrats. So like, I don't even- that's such, you know, the whole Ken, the whole Kennedy fa family fascinates me. That whole, it's such a traumatic story. Anyway, we we, we need to stay on topic. Because yeah. I, I could talk, like, the Kennedys. Oh, sign me up to talk about that. Don't get me started on Marilyn Monroe and the Kennedys. I'll talk about <laughs> um, My mother was such a conspiracy theorist. Like, I inherited a lot of her energy that way. Not that I'm super into conspiracy theories, but I'm, I like the morbid stuff. Like, I have a morbid fascination with things. I am so. a I am much more like I like to learn about conspiracy theories, but like Jen yeah. said in like our meeting the other day, like she was like, there are just some people who fall for it like way more than others. Like I am like yeah. intellectually interested in it, but I am somebody who's not going to fall for it. Like, yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm so thought control one require members to internalize the group's doctrine as truth, adopting the group's map of reality as reality. Um, instill black and white thinking, decide good versus evil, and organize people into us versus them. Overwhelmingly, this is the mindset that parents have about child-free people. Mm -hmm. Well, and, and again, backing up a little bit from saying parents, let's pronatalism. Like pronatalism. Again, because I, you know, I yeah. try and keep respectful to everybody, but we do have to acknowledge certain things. So, you know, the whole, okay. Continue on with your thought. I just wanted to... Or, um, again, that's okay. like the people who heard me say, I'm a child-free woman, let me add some perspective, and then just ignored everything else that I said. Right. I didn't right. even realize that they were arguing with me, but I was agreeing with them. Right. Okay, that's fair. It's like, what are you arguing? Mm -hmm. I agree. So, like, okay. All right. So, let's, let's talk about, again, the, the thought that, okay, the pronatalist perspective, like having kids, being a family, this is the only way to go. And what's the reality? And and also to the reality of like being a child-free person, you're going to be lonely. You're going to be sad. You have no one to take care of. All like the fear tactics. Did they go into fear in this one? Fear is emotional. Because, okay. All right. Well, then we'll leave that part out. So, and here's the other thing. I'm going to hearken this back to a episode of Child-Free Girls that you guys did. New when episode out today, by the way. <laughs> Gotta get that plug in. Um, <laughs> when I when I when I heard the the one where you guys talked about what was her name the girl who was in Italy, 
Oh, Amanda Knox. Yes. Amanda Knox, how yeah. she said that she thinks that fertility should be taken into account when people give birth and that giving birth made her so much more empathetic. Uh, being sentenced. Yeah. Sentencing. And I don't remember if it was you or it might've been Isabel who said that a lot of parents say they become more empathetic when they have kids, but they really just become more empathetic to other parents. I think it was yeah. who said that. And I'm not saying that all of them do, but that's another big thing. People say all the time, you know, as a mom, this disturbs me. It's like it wouldn't have disturbed you before you were a mom. Right. It's that qualifier as a mom. Like yeah. when, when, like, say, like a kid goes missing and someone says, as a mom, this is terrifying. It's like, it's terrifying to me and I'm not a mom. Like, that's mm -hmm. terrifying. Yeah. It's terrible. That that is and that's something that's bothered me, and it's taken me a long time to on to honestly to articulate that because I think you know in the beginning of my podcasting days I was I was <laughs> very like nope this is the way things are, and of course over the years I've I've not mellowed but I've I I have a better understanding based on conversations I've had with other people and. I have learned how to be more empathetic being in the child-free space, listening to so many different people share their stories than I am naturally. I, I don't consider myself, like I would never consider myself an empath. I am, um, I'm not super sensitive. I am, I you know, I'm tactful, but I'm not necessarily sensitive to other people. But I have, I, I, I have become more of an empathetic person through talking with other people in the child-free space. And to me, like I think of how I was four years ago even, and, and even, even just on the topic alone of what does it mean to be child-free? My stance, if you listen to like one of the earliest episodes of Child-Free Girls, is kind of scary, like kind of militant as to what that definition means versus where I am now. And I just use that as a personal example, but because it, it bothers me when someone says like they only can become empathetic by having a kid because I cry BS on that because I, you know, I, I have a long way to go, but I, I, I put up a wall, keep a wall up for a reason. Um, but I, I just, I, I don't, I don't like that statement and because I, I don't believe it. Well, I don't believe it. I think there's so many ways we can become more empathetic to other people. It's, it's really by listening, to be honest. I, also, I don't think that they realize how othering that statement is when they yes. see it. Which is I the organizing that, people I think, think that people see other... I like, okay, so here's one of the things about, like, parent posting on social media. I, I could almost write you out a script of what every single social media post by a parent looks like. And I think that you know, I think this goes back again to the leadership being people who are really public into making family content, at least on social media, because I, I, I do think that those people create the blueprint. Okay. It's like, if you've always heard people say, as a mom, I think that some people don't even think about how othering to people who don't have children that statement is. And keep in mind that's child-free and childless. It right. affects both camps there, too. It does. And for childless people, that must be a lot harder. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Um, and so, see, I'm being empathetic right now. Mm -hmm. But I can tell you that some of the people harassing me over my miscarriage were moms. So it's like, are you really that much more? Are you, are, are you really more empathetic? And, and this goes back to our conversation about how we feel more at ease in child-free spaces or can feel at ease in, in child-free spaces to share our, our stories and just to right. be ourselves because the, 
the level the of judgment it tends to be less. It tends to be less. Not always the case, but and I mean, we even have a mom in child-free true crime room. We do. We do. She's yeah. We do. And she agrees with us. <laughs> And gives us perspective, but like a lot of the time she's actually agreeing with our perspective. But like the thing is that I love having her in that space, at least because that's the the room that me, Jen, and Antoinette kind of run. Yeah. Right. So that is one thing that I really enjoy about that space is that I don't feel like she feels co as constricted either. You know, no. which what you really and, think. And and you know, it's it's not, again, it's not necessarily about agreeing. Like it's nice that what when you can have a conversation with someone and they can see your point, they don't necessarily have to agree with it because even in the child-free space, we all don't agree. Right. You like, know? I like love kids, but some people don't like being around yeah. kids and that's fine. But, I'm not like that, but I also tell people like, it's, it's a matter of preference. <laughs> well, and even to think of this conversation, like right now this is live, but we're, I mean, this is going to be pushed in other places. So I'm really curious, like how child, how some child-free people will take what we're presenting here today and they may either go okay this is completely nuts or i agree with some of it disagree like i i don't ever want it's boring when everybody agrees i think you know there will be different perspectives again it can you know you know there's there's a lot of a lot of factors at play but i think i i i'm curious okay I, i'm not gonna say my opinion i'm gonna ask a question it's like i guess when it comes to parents well, it doesn't really, I don't know. What is, what is my question? <laughs> Hang on a second. Sometimes Sound it out. Of, yeah. I just have to, I have to talk it out and it gets there eventually. It's, I'm, I'm curious if people feel okay to, to question even, I mean, anything, I guess specifically to this conversation, do you feel okay to question what you're hearing or I just want people to feel like they can question things. I guess that's my point. Right. I, and that goes back I, to I had I had a specific question in my brain and just left. That goes back to our whole thing about how parents who question have to be anonymous or throw in little. Yeah. Know, I didn't doubt, and it's like I feel like child-free people. Like, okay, so that article that we were talking about earlier, child-free people would have never questioned if she loved her kids or not. Yes, that's correct. Parents would. Mm-hmm. Yep. So that little disclaimer was for the parents and to protect the magazine and protect her, I believe. Um, so what does that say about thought control? Everything. Because I I feel like if somebody is watches this or listens to this, whether it's now or later... I feel that they can approach us and say, you know what, I disagree with this and here's why. And you know what, we would listen. And the thing is, is I, one thing that, okay, there's a lot of things that, that excite me about life. But at this particular phase in my life, and this is, again, coming from such a restricted upbringing, where it took me a long time to be able to use my voice and to be comfortable enough to say how I feel, but present it in a way that that people of varying opinions can listen to and see different sides. Because like, I, I welcome all opinions for most things. But, I mean, I'm still going to make my own choices. But I, I've, if somehow we can highlight that you can have an open dialogue in child-free spaces about many things, specifically child-free issues, you know? So if someone, I mean, let's look at 
people who don't have kids who actually are child free by choice, but don't identify as such because they think our community is ridiculous or they don't see a need to have these conversations. I welcome that because I want to know like why not to change their mind, but just tell me, how do you feel? Because when you right. vocalize something and you explore something again, th this is what deconstruction is. It's just going through all the and I have been learning, you know, right? I also worry about going too hard on the child free thing. And I'm going to explain what I mean by that. Okay. Um, I have been begging and begging for a pronatalist to explain their logic to me. A pronatalist to explain pronatalism logic to you? Yes. Okay. All right. Because I want to know. Not that I think that it'll change my mind. I'm very, very set. Like, I just, like, pronatalism or not... Even if we weren't having this conversation, I cannot imagine ever putting myself through anything like that ever again, right? Especially because, like I said, uh, there is a movie and a book called The Green Mile. Mm -hmm. And I yeah. felt like the whole time that I was going through that, I felt like I was walking towards the green, walking the green mile, right? Interesting. Um, for those of you who have never seen that movie, The Green Mile um, is starring Tom Hanks. It's a really, really good movie. Very good um, movie. And... Um, Unfortunately, the guy who plays my favorite character passed away. Um, Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan. I love him That's so heartbreaking. Much. I know. I know. He was such um, a good actor. I cried when he passed away. And he every time I see him in Talladega Nights, too, I'm like, I love you. Um, but he's, you know, the green mile is the mile between the jail house and the electric chair. And to feel that bad about something that people say should fill you with overwhelming joy was the minute that I was able to actually like work through it with a therapist and work through my feelings and stuff. Mm -hmm. I was like, you shouldn't feel that way. You should not feel like you're walking the green mile. It wasn't that I was going to die had I gone through with it. It was just that I felt like I was walking the green mile to not being myself anymore. So I was dying in a way. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and so I have always wanted a parent to come onto one of my platforms and have an open and honest conversation with me. Like, how did you know that you wanted to be a parent? What made you want to be a parent? Because I am so obsessed with understanding people who think differently than me. That's just right. how I've always been. But somebody said the other day, I saw someone say, there's two types of people. There's people who want a healthy debate and who are honestly curious. And then there's people who just want to argue. So it would have to be somebody who is also a healthy debater and not somebody who wants to argue, right? Yeah. Because if I ask a question back, I don't want someone who's going to take like personal offense to that. I'm just honestly trying to understand where you are coming from. This is the problem that we've Oh, there's a little bit of feedback, by the way. Can, oh, it's because I'm way too close to my microphone. Okay. okay, there we go. I mean, I love my mic. I call it my sexy mic, but, you know, we, we have a, a healthy distance. <laughs> you know, I actually wanted a different microphone, but I was broke at the time that I that I got this. I'm definitely going to get another one. That's fair. I, did, I didn't have anything. Like, I had no major electronics or microphone the first two years I podcasted, and then I upgraded. But... Oh, I know, because you can immediately tell when you got the microphone <laughs> I love my mic. I love my microphone. Um, okay, so yeah, I know if you can 
<laughs> if you guys listen to like the first season of Chopper Girls, it's like, just like immediate, like all of you were on the webcam. <laughs> yeah, I know. And then we all like upgraded. It was like, wow, this sounds amazing. Um, okay. What was my thought? Uh, what was the last thing you said? Besides, I said that, that I've been wanting someone to come on one of my platforms and honestly right. answer okay. my questions because I'm never, yes. I'm never going to, okay. At the same point as when it's that child-free people are never going to know what it's like to be want to be a parent um parents are never going to know what it's like to be a child free person and i feel like just one person having that conversation publicly yeah would do a lot it would it, okay so th that's what i was, was going to say because again talking about the the podcast is that we've had two anti-abortionists on the show the first one was a Christian anti-abortionist, and that was just talking in circles. That was, like, hands down the worst conversation I've ever had in my life. Um, it went nowhere. I the could tell your voice by the end of that episode was, like... I, I, and I tell people, like, if you look, I, like, this was before I started wearing wigs. Like, I was already uncomfortable, and I was going through a really rough time in my life just before the pandemic hit. And my life, I just felt like everything was falling apart. But I was so angry. Like, you watched my neck get fatter during that episode because I was holding all my anger in my neck, trying to be stoic on screen, and it was not great. But the second conversation we had, which was last, I think it was last year or earlier this year. It was because that was the first episode I found. Really? Okay, so we had we had a child-free person who was anti-abortion uh, coming, seemingly presenting her uh, opinions from a science point of view. She was, to quote her, pro-life because of science. So that was also an exhausting conversation. We, we let her speak, and then we actually had to go and fact-check everything and offer rebuttals and re-edit the episode. We've never had to do that sit before and i don't think we ever want to do that since it's since because isabel just... i could tell isabel was getting heated during that one like isabel like you and kristen like seemed less heated <laughs> than when you were um debating the christian but yeah. isabel i could tell in her voice was like still and like you know i actually listened to that episode with my um it wasn't the first one that I found. It was the first one that you guys had, like, I saw you post on Twitter after I followed you guys on Twitter. Okay. So it was about July because my mom was here when that came out. Um, and I listened to it with my mom and Isabel was getting mad. And she was like, oh, yeah, th that's what you sound like when you're, when you're she's like, it's got to be the Colombian. <laughs> I mean, it those. I mean, the thing is, those conversations aren't easy, especially when you want to go into defense mode. Like for me. And this is where I'm learning moderating conversations and I still have a ways to go with it, but I try and remain neutral because I do want to, and this is where it does excite me to talk to people who differ in opinion, because I want to hear both sides. Also to your point about having a pronatalist on, like I want to hear both sides, not because I need my mind changed or that I need, or I'm doubting things. But again, I always take the approach of, I don't want to silence people. If you're being a freaking moron, I will tell you to be quiet and listen. But I don't want, I want people to right. to speak up because, and, well, you know, not every pronatalist is anti-abortion either. And we had that right. conversation that a lot of the, the pro-choice narrative in the United States around giving birth is that 65% of women who have, who give birth are already, who have abortions are already mothers or yeah. they're in a situation where it's dangerous for them. But they and, want to throw child-free people under the bus for this. And they do. But you know what? I'm the poster child for being denied an abortion. Yeah. You are. Look what happened. Mm -hmm. And I don't have kids. So does that inherently mean that my experience is less than a mom who actually has to carry the term? Like, just because yeah. my body did what it was supposed... My body did what it was supposed to do at the last minute, but... So, I mean, that, that really speaks to point D under the one section. Also deciding what's good and evil. Child-free people are evil. 
parents are good. Let's move on to uh, change the next person's fall. name and identity. I'm gonna also put three because okay, I only have like one point for number two. Um, the okay. use of loaded language and cliches, which constrict knowledge, stop critical thoughts, reduce complexities into platitudinous buzzwords. So I would say change person's name and identity is that a lot of moms say that they lose their identity. Yeah, hear that all the time. And honestly, as a child-free person, I can't imagine losing my identity. Like, my identity. And that's why I think I need people to understand why we call ourselves child-free. Because if part of your identity can be mom, then part of our identity can be child-free. But again, and, sorry, not but, because I, I agree with that. Um, this is pushback I see on social media, where it's like, you're making an entire page about your identity. For not having kids, like what's wrong with you? I love that comment because it's so ridiculous. Because they would not say that to parent, they would not say that to parents at all. Like, imagine if one of us went on to a mommy blog and we're like, "Why are you making your whole oh, identity around?" Yeah, we, we 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 would probably be banned. Like they would, something would happen. I would get kicked off of Instagram and never yeah. be allowed to be back on it again. That's why I don't do it. But there have been times where that's why you don't do. Well, also, it's know, rude. Okay, so there have been times where people have come at me like that, and I have been like, I want to go on their account, find a picture of their kids, and be like, but I have to stop myself. And here's the thing: child-free people are not allowed to be assholes. Not that I want to be an asshole, but I've been trying to explain to people, like on TikTok and stuff. That a lot of child-free people who do end up being assholes to parents, it's because of years and years of having to be silent about our feelings. Yeah. Why do you get safe spaces? Because you have kids and we can't have our safe space. So you guys are coming into our safe space. And and this is, this is again, one of the, it's not the biggest thing about pronatalism, but it's so, and, and I, I'm really, I'm, again, I, I don't know by a show of hands who's agreeing with anything that we've said today. And I really hope that people send us their feedback. Because um, I, again, welcome all of it. Well, I'm sure we're going to ask about it tomorrow. <laughs> Um, I expect a lot of messages after this, um, but I, I just, why do I, oh gosh, it's, it's hard to keep my thoughts straight. Um, you know, I will also go into this and say, bringing it back to like, just like culthood, cult-like things in general. When I was a, I don't even want to say it, but when I was a Republican. <laughs> <laughs> Are we I still friends? So more tied to the idea of being a Republican than I was to actually looking at the policy. But now that I'm a leftist, I don't care. Like, I'm not making being a Democrat my entire identity. Whereas when I was a Republican, it was my entire identity. Any attack on Republican conservative ideology was an attack on me and my family. Whereas okay. now, like, if someone doesn't agree with me, I'm like, okay, I think that you're an asshole, but, like, that's cool. Now, okay, so let's just stay and on that subject for a second. Pro-lakers make it their identity, too. But but does that have anything to do with being secure in who you are, though? Because, look, I get attacked for my child-free stance and uh, other things, but I am secure in, in my choices. I'm secure in myself as a person, I, and I'm secure in life. I think cults offer a false sense of security. Oh, I was getting mad because yeah. I was getting mad because I was actually secretly questioning those beliefs. But I what, think what that sometimes beliefs? the people who are questioning their beliefs are the ones that fight back the most. It's like oh, the, doth, yeah. the thou doth protesteth too much about the men, the senators, who there was a senator in the 90s, and he was the most homophobic jerk ever, and he was caught in a dressing room with a male prostitute. 
course he was. Yes. That's what I'm saying. And you don't see you don't see people on like who are more progressive in, in thought getting caught like that, right? No. Okay. Well, and, and yeah, okay, so that answers the question because I, I feel again, like I even look at the exchange I had with my aunt today who is child free, but different generation and, and I haven't spoken to her in a while and I don't like she's got obviously got something on there. But even even when she sent me like this really intense email really knocking like the whole sterilization article because I was in the uh, well, so she saw the article. And then yeah, I sent her the Daily Mail article that was about sterilization. And I'm, again, not sterilized, but they had interviewed me, and so I had given my thoughts. And I don't even know if she read my segment, but she just she just went off. and Probably on the Gen Z girls. So, well, uh, but it, it she was making it about me. So I read it, and I didn't I didn't feel a certain way because, again, I, I, I have a four-year body of work in the child-free space where that I am proud of and that I am again secure in my decisions I stand by what I have done and what I say and my thoughts have evolved over the over the years but I am secure in like people can come at me with their thoughts and opinions that completely disagree and try to obliterate me and I will listen and I will absorb it but I won't internalize it to the point where I'm going to get shut down it takes a lot you can't shut Lenora down <laughs> you really can't unless when you kill first, me so you know when I first came into the child free space I was so angry and most people are I, I find most people are at my friends who I felt like you know weren't giving the same energy because they had kids I was angry and I honestly became very angry at children for a little bit Okay. Um, that was something I had to work through with my therapist. And I'm just going to be honest right now. I got angry at children because I felt like those, like when my friends had kids and were not acting the same, were not giving me the same, I was blaming their kids. Okay. Like if you had never come into the world, then my it wouldn't have been messed up. I didn't make this choice. Why am I the one paying for it? Yeah. And I had to really work through that with a the therapist. But what I'm trying to explain to parents is that... You can avoid your friends becoming angry by by just listening because nobody was listening to me until I yeah. found the child-free community and was people were echoing my thoughts back and validating my thoughts and my feelings. And mm -hmm. honestly, finding the community was more healing than therapy in some ways because you guys were echoing back what I was feeling and telling me it's okay to feel that way. But when you are child-free and you don't have the community... That is, I think that a lot of the people who express, like, hatred towards, like, kids and family, I didn't really mean that I hated kids. All I meant was that I felt so invalidated and, like, I didn't matter anymore. Right, And yeah. that's a hard thing, and I think that it a is. lot of people who do express those opinions, what I've been trying to say is, you know, I think everybody kind of goes through that journey a little bit. I think everybody's a little bit angry when they come in before they actually have the child-free community in the space, yeah. which is why it's so important for parents to let us have this community and not try to spy on us and, and let us validate each other and our opinions. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. um, because I, I think that, you know, things my friends that I thought I was friends with were saying to me were horrendous and, like I said, I was sitting in the ER with sepsis and people were talking about baby stuff. Mm -hmm. Do you know how hurtful that was to me? In the moment? I don't know, but I can imagine, yes. Right. And in the moment, that was the lowest that I have ever felt. 
but I mm -hmm. don't think that they meant to do it. I think it was pronatalism. You know what I mean? And it's like, and then I learned what pronatalism was and I started deconstructing it. And I'm no longer angry at individuals anymore. Look at that. That's why this conversation, what I'm getting at is that's why this conversation is important because while parents want support from their friends who don't have kids, it's a two-way street. I'm not going to, like I had told you, and I showed you the cards, I'm not going to pour into an empty cup. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and it, to the point about friends, like parents with friends, because I, I have, I have shared this in like child from morning chat spaces and you know, that, that is one thing that I, I'm not struggling with as much because I've had to let certain people go, but I will say that it is kind of a lonely experience when you do embark on really advocating for this. I have, like, I, I've always had a small social circle. It's, it's, you know, I, I've, I've lived a variety of life experiences. And so, you know, I'm, I'm in, I'm kind of a social butterfly. Like I've got people at certain points in my life and then you just naturally go your ways and I'm good with that. Like I never force people to be in my life for any extent of time. If it's naturally for them to come along with me, great. If not, that's cool too. Um, the last couple years have, have definitely, I mean, I have gotten some really, really great, amazing friendships with people in the last couple years in the child-free space because in my like in real life, you know, normal Lenora <laughs> living here on the Canadian prairies, a lot of people have have like disappeared because I I mean I I mean okay we were shut down a lot during the pandemic but I it's not that I had to distance myself but life has gone a very different direction and you put yourself out there to a certain point and people who have always been supportive like those who know me have been supportive that I'm not going to have kids but once I started talking about it it took it to a different level and people reacted a little bit differently. I'd still have a lot of support, but I think of even those who were my closest friends, like we don't talk anymore. And I mean, I'm also very busy, but I've, I'm never too busy for people, but it's just, there's there's been a massive disconnect and it is a bit of a lonely experience, like to be honest, when you kind of venture out in this way and, you know, I'm starting to, I don't know, be seen a bit more and it's, it's, it's hard because- yeah. You, like, I have been supportive. There, there's, look, we talk about when your friends started having kids. And to me, the hardest experience is when my brother started having kids. Because that, it didn't change our relationship. Our relationship is great. My my dad and my brother are massive supporters of what I do. And I really appreciate it. Um, and But, you know, I was supportive of my friends when they had kids. I, and, and again, I don't support people with the expectation they support me back. I, I do demand respect. We respect each other, whether we agree or not. That respect is is a two-way street. And if you're not going to respect me, then you're not in my life. But, and again, I don't expect them to, I don't know what I'm trying to say. Well, I realize that, like, they, they, was, can't, they can't come along with me in this journey. And it really sucks right. sometimes. So I'm like, oh, my God, I'm kind of by I myself. Mean, but then look at the connections that we've made. Like, a year ago, I was just yeah. listening to your podcast. Like, I, I like her. And now we talk every day. Yeah. No, I, I, I <laughs> It, it, so, it, yeah, the right you know, people and come it's along, like, but it's hard for a while. What is so, to me, it's like it got to the point where when I first became child-free, I had to make a fake apology on Facebook just to get people off my back. Yeah. And that's no, when I decided my Facebook was not going to be where I do this. Because yeah. people that I knew in real life that I was, like, considered myself friends with posted a video about making fun of child-free women. Right. Yeah. I mean... 
That happens. It's like, so we can't, we can't say anything negative about pronatalism or parenthood, but you can make fun of me. Yeah. And the worst thing about it was it was a woman who didn't even have kids. She just wants them one day. Mm. Yeah. And like obsessively to the point where it's like, are you going to steal a baby? Like, thing. but like, it's like, you have dogs, you call them your mom. You travel all the time. I'm not out here doing any of that stuff. Why are you making fun of me when you're doing the exact things that this video is making fun of? And also, why did the mom who even posted that TikTok to begin with think that it was necessarily necessary to make fun of child-free women for being proud of their child-free choice? You can be proud of being a mom. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of parents that I that I do think are in the toxic trenches of pronatalism and that you yeah. you are so unhappy with your life. If, if I'm, I've always said the most happy parents are the ones that support the child-free community because I, us making a different choice is not a judgment on them. Like your brother, your brother like, likes being a dad. Yep. Your brother probably maybe might revise the way he became a dad. I think he would, yes. Um, But he, he he's told you, I always wanted to be a dad. Well, no, he not not to that point. That was but, in the cards. Yeah, he right. figures that he he would he probably would not have been child free. No, he, right. But like, I think he might have revised the way he came about. Yeah, maybe, maybe waited a, a few more years instead of being nineteen. But yes, right. I mean, I think anybody would in that situation. But the whole thing about it is, if you're actually happy with your decision being a mom, then you'll be happy with us. I think again, yeah. it's thou doth protesteth too much. Mm-hmm. I, I completely agree. All right. What point are we on? We are encourage only good and proper thoughts. thoughts. Okay. Um, um, I don't think hypnotic techniques is like relevant. So we're going to skip five. Well, but, but you know what? I would argue though. Hormones. I mean, this is, oh, don't get me started on hormones. Um, although no, hang on, hang on, hang on. Uh, advertising, marketing. I think yes. that's hypnotic. Yeah. You're constantly, look, everywhere we go, we're, everything's geared towards families. I consider that hypnotic. You can disagree with me on that one, but I, I no, think No, I mean, I, I think that it's there. true, but when I think about, like, a hypnotic state, but, like, you're right. That is subtle, subtle propaganda, like, subtle messaging. Um, yeah. So let's see. Memories are manipulated and false memories are created. Again, that's Instagram. Those <laughs> Instagram. But, again, that's those people who are, like, I used to be child-free once, and it's, like, I feel like mm-hmm. you're just remembering yourself as child-free so that you can one-up us, like, you weren't actually child-free, you were just being responsible and waiting until you were old enough and ready. And, and Yeah, and see, knowing you want kids or feeling you want kids one day, that's not child-free to me. You just don't have children in the moment. Right. People use the term child-free for now. I don't I, I don't really buy into that because that's still hijacking child-free. That, that is I've actually, I actually had men say I'm child-free for now on dating apps um, before that's, when that's, I was on them. That's no. And I'm like, no, okay, well then I'm still no. not going to date you because there's a, there's a, we could date for two years and you could be like, I want to have kids. And I could be like, mm. I, I, I don't get, I, I used to, I used to get involved with people who had kids like on a sexual level, but now I won't do that either. No. And, and I did once. Um, and it was still weird. Yeah. Well, c- come on. Like, like when you're horny, they're like, sorry, I got to take my kids somewhere. I'm like, ah, come on. No, I mean, I, I, I like I said, I don't date, I mean, but he, I he never I, did that, but it was still just like, I had it in the back of my head. That, that like, happened one too many times. I'm like, this is stupid. Like, why, why am I doing, I mean, I was in my twenties, but sir, still, um, oh, hey, Cody. Hi. He texted me. He got some of the live stream. Okay. He's giving it the thumbs up. We, he's not shutting us down yet. So that's good. 
Okay. <laughs> Thanks, Cody. Um, we love you, Cody. We love you, Cody. <laughs> Speaking of men we respect. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to the child-free guys who have been watching this. Oh, wait. We're still did there, we, I, I accidentally, did we accidentally change the panel? We did. Okay. Wait. Um, no, we, we, oh, we accidentally okay. went to emotional control. We're only on numbers. Oh, no, no, no. We, got, we have the saving for the best for last there. Okay, let's keep going. Teaching thought-stopping techniques, which shut down reality testing by stopping negative thoughts and only allowing positive, including denial, rationalization, justification, wishful thinking, chanting, meditating, praying, speaking in tongues, singing or humming. Guys, I messed up on the slide that should have been A instead of 8. I don't know why it did that. That's PowerPoint. It just automatically changed it. But Okay. So basically we're just talking about thought-stopping techniques, which is like, you know, the praying, the chanting. Um and I would think like thought-stopping techniques like as far as pronatalism goes, it's it's again, it's that stigma. It's that as soon as I start to think that like any that I want to vent about anything, I'm boom. It stops you. Mm -hmm. It's the judgment. And again, it's judgment from other parents most of the time. Because if a mom said to me, this shit's hard, I'd be like, cheers. Do you want a glass of wine? Like, Yeah, and do you want to talk about it? I mean, allowing only positive thoughts. I mean, again, this, this actually does also apply to child-free spaces. Because, look, there are... You can get, you can go to groups where it's like happy thoughts only. Let's only talk about the good stuff. I create spaces where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the whatever. Like, and that's those child free people who don't think that the child free space is necessarily necessary just because they have not individually right. um, done stigma. But it's like, just because you haven't experienced it, it's just like gay people who have never had anyone be outwardly homophobic to them. It's like, just because you haven't experienced it doesn't mean we, we shouldn't but, talk about it. But quite honestly, Laura, I don't necessarily believe that there is no there's a child-free person who has not faced some sort of stigma. They may not react to it. They may not feel no. And I think that's that pronatalist conditioning where it's like, okay, well, I made this decision, so I'm not allowed to talk about it. And when you're a woman, honestly, you're not allowed to complain about any part of your oh. life. Oh, when you're a woman, you're not allowed to do many things, apparently. <laughs> So rejection um, of rational analysis, critical thinking, and constructive criticism. Let's just go take a look at my TikTok comments from those videos over the past two days, huh? That, you know what? Okay, so I have had one video that's gone to 1.2 million views, and that was on TikTok. That took an entire month of my life to go through those comments. And I still get, I mean, I don't do anything on TikTok, but that thing's still feeding the machine. I mean, I had no, I never, look, Laura and I can tell you, never wish to go viral. <laughs> unless you are ready for it emotionally. Oh, and even um, yesterday, I, like, had to put my phone down. And do yeah, it's... Because it, I was it, just, like... It's exhausting. Um, yeah. Well, because it's, like, you get the same three comments and the same three bingos over and over you again. Do. And you're, like, I cannot respond to every yeah. single one of you. Please see comment above. You know what I did is I co copy and paste. I have on, on my phone, my lovely iPhone that I had customized because I, I it's my computer. I have, uh, you know, things like uh, standard responses for different things that I just like copy and paste. And that's Hanging out with Lenora on. is just this. Or what? <laughs> this is what you see when you hang out with Lenora. Oh, look, come on. Well, oh, no. If, no, if we hang out in person, I am not on my phone. I, I, am, I am not like Lenora here. I am... I am this. I'm still the same personality, but like, but not dirtier. On my phone. No, anyway. <laughs> oh yeah, no, that's true. That's true for certain I people. Know, <laughs> not for everybody. 
even the jokes, you're being a lot cleaner, like publicly than you well, are. <laughs> well, I have to because I'm I'm representing child free media, and I, I I you know I look I I appreciate a good innuendo, and I like to flirt, but but I also think that that's yeah. the benefit of working with your friends. Well, look, with the, the converse, like I I. I, 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 I don't, it's not that I present myself because I'm still like, I'm always like this. Well, unless I'm pissed off, but um, that gets really fun. But I, I, I'm at that point where I can be myself, even though like I have to alter my appearance a little bit just to really make myself comfortable. But I'm, I've been doing it enough times now that I'm okay. Like I could not wear a wig and I'd be fine. Um, but I, I also have fun with the glam thing. But the point is, is I, I, I want people to, to put people at ease. I want to feel like you guys, we can have a back and forth conversation because these are not easy conversations. We're not, it's not easy to share what we're sharing, right? But I want to set the tone where people can speak up because, again, I know what it's like to be repressed and not being able to express yourself. And that, to me, is the worst experience in the world. I am an expressive person. I live to express myself. And I want, and everyone's going to uh, express themselves differently. You're not all going to be like me, thank goodness, because the world would be way too loud. Um, but I use my personality as a way to put people at ease, hopefully. So then you can share and we can talk through it because it's important, even if we're just texting. Um, but yeah, if we're in person, I'm not going to be on my phone. I'll listen to you. These last three, well, I was just joking because you're like, I work on my phone. Anyway. See, but see, then I also take things too seriously. Look, if you're going to say something to me, I'm going to respond. For oh, I'm going to okay. leave one of these last three together because I think they all- 10, 10 to 12? Uh, okay. 10, 11, 12, yeah. Yeah, okay. um, forbid critical questions about leader doctrine or policy allowed, labeling alternative belief systems as illegitimate, evil, or not useful, and mm -hmm. instilling a new map of reality. Basically, you're not allowed to think critically about um, having kids. Having kids. Um, no. you're, uh, we're illegitimate. We're evil. We're all child haters. We actually eat children. Uh, that's the diet that me and Lenora follow in case anybody... Um, wanted to know i that's am gonna be a soundbite taken out of context thank you <laughs> i am an evil uh child hating lesbian divorcee um <laughs> just so Wait, you know you were married okay uh no i wasn't married but somehow i'm still a divorcee um and in instilling a new map of reality it's i guess i feel like again that also i know that some of it's hormones and i know that experience and i'm very empathetic to that experience but i do feel like some people think that you know, and I think this goes back to our question of status. It's like being a wife and a mother used to give, and Kristen just published a video about this. It's like, if you're a wife, that's okay. But until you have the kid, your relationship's not real. Right, right. And it's like, um, I literally had somebody say, have fun with your, like, like I was like, um, I want to get married one day. And someone said, well, have fun with your, like, random, like, like hit of dopamine and i'm like how is a whole ass marriage a random hit of dopamine god i could argue children are the same thing but whatever oh um those hormones and i think that's why so many people get pregnant nine months after having kids because there's a a mom influencer on tiktok who i love to hate watch i'm in the snark credit <laughs> um it's alice from alice and fern and she's just honestly it, it's, it's a it's a whole mess it's a whole vegan like what going on here oh you'll ask me at vegan okay um <laughs> and um so but she like literally gave birth like three weeks ago and she's like i want to have another one and i think that those hormones like set you up to have baby fever too um, but i think that again this goes into that status question and how i don't actually i think that a lot of women because in the 90s and early 2000s there still was status 
Um, but now we're starting to see women who are single and child-free well into their 40s being celebrated for the fact that they are single and child-free. We're starting right, to right. see the articles and the studies come out saying that single child-free women make the most money. We are the happiest demographic. And that's even when you break it across race, religion, political affiliation, everything else. We are the happiest demographic across, like, at every age, at every, um, like, at every milestone. Um, mm. And I think that that kind of feels like attacking mothers to some people, but... But really, it I think it's, it's when you are in the majority and you're getting status from something and then suddenly people who are in the minority are starting to get attention. I think that it feels a lot more like people don't recognize the feelings of, you know, there's not like nowadays, if you want to be a parent, you have to do it because you want to be a parent, not because it gives you some kind of magical status or because it's the next thing. The thing. Yes. And and this, I, I just feel like that that thought process it skewers so many things because this again, this is why I like to ask people questions because like I did it. I got married, I had the kid. Where is my yeah, status? But, but and, and and why? Like And why is that lady getting attention for being single and child free? You know? Well, and, and this is why I like to talk to people of, of all different lifestyles, is because I want to know like why did you make the decision you made? Like what and and, and not everyone's open to that, so I don't pry too much, but you know, I, I just, it's partly because I'm curious and it's not because I need to question my own, my own thought process, but, or my own choices, but it's just, I, I'm, I'm legit fascinated. Why do people make the choices that they do? Right. But we are not allowed to ask that question. No, we're not. They're only allowed I'll to. I'll do it anyway. They're only allowed to bingo us. Mm -hmm. But okay. So, do you, okay. To, to wrap this particular section up, because I need to power down for a second. Um, do you feel that the more, if we if we had a, a few people who are willing to, again, I'm thinking pronatalists who are willing to have those conversations and it's coming from someone who does have kids, do you feel that uh, the child-free conversation would get a little better reception if I, we I started do. including? I do. Okay. Um, I feel like I set you up just for an easy answer, but I, I, I really see. Here's the thing: I really hope that people, and I'm going to say child-free people specifically. I really hope that there's we get to that level of understanding collectively why it's important to have these conversations with people outside of the community. So there was so yesterday I posted on my Instagram, well, all my social media. I posted the article, the the Daily Mail sterilization article that I was in, and someone who doesn't follow me, but I, I don't think they they're familiar with my work, but um, they commented, they're like, well, it's, it was a shame it's the Daily Mail because that is not the readership you want. And I said, I've been doing this for four years. I talk to everybody within and beyond the community. I don't want my anything I do, including this exact conversation. This is not only for child-free people. That's why I do everything publicly. I do not need to preach to the choir. I want, I want people without kids to find these conversations and to hopefully everyone gets something from it, whether it's making them think or feel better or whatever it is, because it's, it's all individualized. But none of this is for child-free people, like, exclusively. Right. And I right? can hear a parent talk about why they had kids and still feel confident in my choice. And I think that also, I feel like some parents might feel better once they hear our reasoning and they feel mm -hmm. more solid in their choice yeah exactly like sometimes having those conversations makes you feel more solid in your choice and it's not yeah. a moral judgment 
I just want people to stop associating morality with how many kids you have. Mm -hmm. Thank you. <laughs> That's almost a great way to end this part. We hope you enjoyed this episode presented by Child Free Media Limited. To stay current with child-free content like this, please visit childfreemedia.com and subscribe to the newsletter.